Today on the Profitable Trading Podcast. We are getting into why low pricing is a bad idea and why it will destroy your business. When you focus on price and your sole strategy to win work is to put a lower price in, there are a bunch of hidden costs that most people don't really understand and if they did, I think it would make a big difference. And it's pretty tempting to drop your price at times in order to actually you know, bring that work in, but that has a lot of flow on effects that can really screw you. People who focus on just the price, they're really picky, they're difficult, they're gonna nitpick all your invoices. Most people just actually don't understand the sheer damage that can come from this. I say discounting's from the devil and it's best to be avoided. So we wanna talk about all the implications of that and then look at some ways of what you can do instead. There's a secret killer in lots of service and tradey businesses and most people are missing this. It's low pricing and it will destroy your business. Tune into this week's episode where we pull back the curtain on how low pricing wrecks your business and what you need to do to make the right pricing decisions. You're listening to the Profitable Tradey Podcast, where every week we help you make more money, get your time back, and make life and business a whole lot more fun. Join us as we transform your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business into a successful operation. Don't miss a beat. Hit the follow button. Let's get started. All right, welcome team. It's Tony Fraser-Jones here, the host of the Profitable Trading Podcast. Uh, I've just listened to that intro myself. It always makes me laugh hearing myself. <laughs> uh, Phil, lovely to be here with you, mate. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great, mate. No, yeah. My favourite part of the intro is to the podcast. To the podcast. To the podcast. Yeah. yeah. G. Willikers. G. Willikers. <laughs> you don't remember Batman? G. Willikers, Batman. They got us surrounded. Holy, what is it? Turbines to power, batteries to speed or something like something that. Let's like go, that. Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Uh, looking forward to today. This is going to be uh, really helpful, mate. What are we getting into? We are getting into why low pricing is a bad idea and why it will destroy your business. So a mm. uh, bit of an epidemic on this one. Uh, feeds into a lot of different people and, yep. and definitely has some destructive tendencies. And I think uh, really that most people just actually don't understand the sheer damage that can come from this, mm. um, you know, both for your business, but also for the industry. Um, you know, and basically you're going to have this want or this need um, for work all the time. It never really goes away. Uh, and it's pretty tempting to drop your price at times in order to actually you know, bring that work in. But that has a lot of flow on effects that can really screw you and, uh, and you know, pretty long term as well. Yeah. And price is, you know, as part of the decisions that clients make. Uh, I'm not going to deny that, but it is only part. And it's important to understand that uh, when you focus on price and your sole strategy to win work is to put a lower price in, there are a bunch of hidden costs that most people don't really understand. And if they did, I think would make a big difference. And there's probably the obvious financial costs, although some of those financial costs are not so obvious and we'll, we'll get into them. But there's a lot of other costs uh, around time, uh, around you know, attracting substandard clients, difficult clients, and a lot of stress comes from low margin, low price work. Mm. Uh, and we're going to get into that, but mainly because you have to do a whole lot more of it. Yeah. Uh, to get the same amount of money. Uh, so there's a lot to it. And I think if we really unpack it, uh, it will really help you, you guys who are listening, to understand why this is actually a real problem. Not only for you, but uh, we want to fix the problem in the industry, which is something that we're really passionate about. We want to raise the bar for everyone so we can all make you know, make a good crust. Yeah, super important. And I think um, I think obviously as we unpack this, we'll definitely be getting into some uh, some different beliefs, which, which might be hard to stomach. So yep. I think uh, I think this is really uh, this is really the gold, though, because it feeds into a lot of what you do within your business. 
Um, and so, yeah, definitely yeah. should be a good episode. Well, and I think uh, you're right. There's a lot of layers. There's like the practical layers of how much you actually price. And then there's actually quite a lot of psychology and beliefs and all sorts of stuff underneath it. Uh, and, and one thing we find, you know, is uh, if you think of golf, they say, you know, you drive for show and you putt for, for dough. dough. Uh, well, a lot of us in business, are, you know, we're, we're all about revenue. What, how much revenue did we make? How much did this job, how much did we... Uh, get for this job we've got a job for 100,000 or 200,000 or 50,000 whatever and that's kind of what we're caring about we're puffing up our chest we've got 50 grand coming in or 100 grand but that's that's the the driving for show really the putting for dough is how much profit does that make Mm. and how's that actually impact your uh your cash flow at the end of the day that's that's important yeah uh and so discounting generally is a pretty bad idea I, i say discounting's from the devil yeah. And it's and it's best to be avoided. So we want to talk about all the implications of that, and then look at some ways of what you can do instead. Yeah, hundred percent. So we'll dig into this. We've got a story today. Let's switch it around. Uh, you're pretty good yeah. at stories. So, I actually uh, do have a story. We have from a story me. about Phil's, um, well, penetrating financial brain. <laughs> My Let's prowess. Get into it. My yeah, your prowess. prowess in the financial right. area. Okay. So once upon a time, uh, young Phil was um, just setting out in his journey of investing. Um, and he decided that it was time to buy his first property. And this uh, this was a big deal in my life, big deal. Now, just to you know, pre-frame, I was not an idiot, okay? Uh, I did actually know a bit about what I was doing, and I had done a lot of research, and uh, I'd, you know, I was a good little saver. I'd saved up some money and um, got an opportunity to buy a, a pretty, pretty nice house, and I was really, really excited about it. Um, but in my excitement, I was so wrapped up in buying this house um, that what I'd done is I'd gone and calculated how much my mortgage repayments would be. Uh, and I'd figured out that it was going to be cheaper than what I was paying in rent per week, which was you know, music to my ears. I'm thinking this is going to be great. I'm going to move into this amazing place, uh, you know, and it's all going to be hunky-dory. I'm even going to have some spare cash left over. The problem was when I went to the bank and got the loan, um, they were you know telling me, so your minimum repayment will be and uh, it was like two and a half times what I'd expected. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? Like, and I said to them, hey, mate, you're telling me this is going to be, you know, 650 bucks a week. And uh, I had like, you know, 200, 250. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of interest? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what an oh. idiot. What a bonehead. Like, of course I heard of interest. Like, And I knew that. And actually, like, you know, people had told me about it. I'd researched it. I knew it. Um, yeah, I was a bit younger at the time. I was obviously a bit greener to the to the game, but um, you know, like I'd never really thought about going and uh, you know, getting a mortgage calculator online or anything like that. I'd never really thought about it. I, I literally had just taken the principal value of the home and uh, divided it by the term of the mortgage, and then divided that into weeks, and just said, "Well, that's how much I got to pay per week, right?" Um, not because I'm an idiot. Not because I hadn't done any research, but because I was excited and I was just focused on the face value of the problem rather than actually doing my research and educating myself properly into what it really you know, meant. And I think the really hard thing with this is this is just like people when they price their jobs. We can get so excited about the job and winning the job and the revenue around the job and how this is going to keep the boys busy and you know this job is going to do wonders for us that we forget about all of the flow-on effects of the margin that we're making and whether or not that's enough to cover our OPEX and whether or not that's enough for us to actually net any profit at the end of the day, um, you know, or to have good cash flow or, you know, to set ourselves up for future work. And there's actually so many flow on effects that come from the way you price that work, uh, far more than just winning that job this one time because it's exciting. And so that's what we got to focus on. Mate, you are a financial giant. 
<laughs> Obviously. O- only getting more giant. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I gianter. Mean, I definitely ate some humble pie in that meeting with the bank manager. But hey, look, we were. Uh, yeah. it's a, it's a different su- lifetime now. But I'm surprised oh I didn't, uh, like, mm, we just need to uh, go and talk about this loan again and maybe. Yeah. Pull it off the Well table. actually as I walked out of the room There was this huge eruption of laughter I just I assume someone told a funny joke Or saw a meme or something it Can't have been me right No no <laughs> And the thing is with pricing Everything flows from pricing uh, yeah. So if, you're, if your pricing is low And you're You know you're really Going in bargain basement to get work There are some significant knock on effects And, and uh, it's important to really understand what they are yeah, totally. It's massive. And look, honestly, if we can't get this stuff right, we're going to run into some huge negatives, right? Yeah. I think the first thing, that the big problem with dropping prices, uh, well, frankly, you just have to do a whole lot more work for the same profit. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's a lot more work. And uh, you'll have to trust me on these numbers, but if your gross profit margin was 40% and you uh, decreased your price by 10%, you would have to increase your revenue or the amount of jobs you do by 33%. Yeah. Just think about that for a minute. You've got a 40% margin, you drop it by 10% because you're like, yeah, I need to get this work, keep everyone busy, everyone sharpen their pencil. You're going to have to do 33% more jobs and revenue to actually get to back to the same profit level. Now, Tony, if I could jump in here, one thing I'm just thinking is, just for everyone listening, I want you to have a little think. Do you even have enough tradesmen to do 33% more work? Uh, because if you don't, and those numbers apply to you. Like let's say you're at 40% GP. Let's say you want to drop your pants by 10% to win a job. Just know that you actually cannot make up the shortfall required. You just can't, which means all you're doing is throwing that money on the fire. It's really tough, and, and it gets worse. Yeah. Uh, so not only do you need to do 33% work, more work, uh, you know when you do quotes and bids, you don't win 100% of them. No. So... At the very best, if you did win 100%, you'd have to do 33% more pricing. Yeah. But you don't. Let's say you win 50%, well, you got to do, you know, double pricing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you need 33% more jobs, but you need to price double that in order to get the 33% more jobs. You're, you're in trouble. So, so you're in trouble. How are you going to find the time to price that work? Yeah. That's a question. Who's gonna? Are you going to do it? Do you have an estimator or a pricing person who can do that? It's probably unlikely. You're probably already you're tapped out with pricing. If you've got a smaller business or your estimator, estimating team is tapped out, so that's a big problem. Next problem is not only do you need double the amount of uh, jobs you price, all the inquiries and the leads you get, they don't turn into quotes or bids. No. So you're going to need even more leads. Like you need way more leads. So everything multiplies out, and yeah. it's just a way bigger job than you actually thought. So simply put, uh, you drop your price, you need to do a heap more work, you've got to do even more estimating, and you need even more leads. Mm. And all that means is you might even need more overheads in your business to, to run all of that. I mean, that's what I was about to say, Matt, is even when you add to that, even if you win the 33% more jobs, you then have 33% more invoicing. It's 33% more scheduling. It's 33% more customer care and aftercare service. It's 33% more follow-up calls. It's literally everything increased by a third. So all the admin you currently well, do... Well, by more than a third. Well, by more than a third. All the admin that you do is significantly yeah. increased, which is not free. And you have less profit to pay for that. Yeah. So, you know, when we say you have to make up 33% more work in order to actually keep this, that's to keep the same GP, yep. like gross profit, but to keep the same net profit, it's it's going to be significantly more than 33% more yep. work to make up for that 10%. Yeah. Yep. So, so this is a massive, massive problem that people don't understand. And if you are listening, just think about the impact that will have on you and your business. Because basically what happens is you're busy, you're going to be even more busy, like you're going to be frantically busy, but with no more profit to show for it and probably less. Yeah. That, that's the That's the downside. Brutal. Yeah. 
What's next? Uh, I think often poor clients are related with with you know low priced work. Uh, people who focus on just the price are not always, but often they're really picky. Uh, they're difficult. They're going to nitpick all your invoices. They're going to try and you know get stuff back uh, and and try and slip through stuff you know through your uh, through your specifications to try and make you wear it. And uh, that's that's difficult. Yeah, uh, that just you know that they 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 complain about stuff. They they really focus on driving you down. That just takes a whole lot more work as well, and that brings a whole lot of bad karma into your into your business and a lot of stress. And uh, I frankly, you know, bad clients are, are terrible. They're just no fun at all. They kind of rob you of the will to live. So yeah, uh, that does correlate with with really bargain basement pricing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's not just that they are, you know, more difficult to work with. I mean, even. The flow on from that is not only are they more difficult to work with, but then you remind yourself, and I'm not even making any money off this joker, so <laughs> it's like a double-barreled lose for you. So uh, so no good. What it else is. we got? Well, it affects your ability to invest back into your business. Because you have less profit and less cash, uh, you find yourself in a a, a contractionary mindset. That's a big word. I couldn't quite get that across. Yeah, you got it out. Your, your, mind, your, your mindset gets smaller. You get more stingy. You're less willing or able to spend money. And we find that that has a big impact on your team. Uh, number one, you can't pay as well. Uh, so, you you know, you're a bit tighter with pay increases. And particularly at a time when there's a lot of inflation, uh, we've got this problem of rising wages and falling profits, mm. uh, which is a big problem. And then often it affects your attitude to the team because you become quite resentful because you're working harder and harder and you really need them to knuckle down and drive things through and you're actually too stingy. You don't have the money to spend stuff on making this a good place to work, to, you know, to build the culture up, uh, to spend time nurturing them with, uh, you know, with, some, uh, with some coaching or performance reviews or some good feedback or some key performance indicators or even just some nice social stuff to you know, get the team together mm. and, and create a good feel. Yeah, uh, and we see that a lot. You you become you kind of circle the wagons, yeah, and uh, you're like, geez, I just have to keep things tight. And people see that, and it's not good for culture. No, it's no good. It's horrible. Plus, it's pretty hard to take pride in something when you know it's being bargain basement priced. You know, like, and so when your team's going out and doing work, and they know it's real cheap, um, then you know they feel cheap about it as well. Like they do. If you work at, you know, here in New Zealand, we got the warehouse, you know, over in, uh, you know, friends in, in North America, you got like Walmart and stuff like that. You're not looking at the stuff on the shelf and thinking, wow, I sell a quality product, you know, like, yeah, you're probably looking around thinking, oh, I only work at Walmart, you know, so it's, it's like nothing wrong with it, but it does have a different attitude than someone that works in a high end business. It's the same with your guys, you know, if you bargain basement, your pricing, it affects the mojo about the way that they feel, you know, working for you too. It's tricky. Uh, and I think the next thing that, that is, uh, happens is you, you're trying to catch a falling knife as well. Uh, and they use that in investing terms, you know, when the market's going down and you try and catch it, when it's falling, you get cut because it's still falling. Mm. Uh, what actually this means is you become part of the problem in the industry because if you're starting to, to you know, go in a bargain basement to get work, well, what happens to the next joker down the track? Well, he's, he or she's doing the same, and it's like a, it's a downward spiral. Uh, and so that really damages the industry as a whole. Uh, and, uh, you know, the only people winning there potentially are the clients. Uh, but they're not going to win in the long term because if people can't make money, they're not going to go. They're, they're going to go out of business. That's right. And uh, even even the client can't win time because at the end of the day, how do they win when you're scrounging and scrounging to make profit on this job? Because what's that going to lead to? Are you going to rush? You're going to cut corners. You're going to look for any way you can to squeeze some money back out of this project, which means you're probably not doing your best work. So even the client doesn't win. They pay slightly less, but they're probably getting what they pay for. You know. Well, 
or they take advantage of you, which happens a lot, until you actually basically pull your head out of your bum and figure out that you're not making money. Because, And we'll get into this later. A big problem with this is a lot of people uh, don't actually realise how much of an effect this has. Mm. And they're looking at the 50K project and not realising that there's buggerable profit. Yeah, uh, so, so that's a big thing. The thing that really hurts with this, though, is you know most of us, if you're listening to this anyway, you're probably keen to grow your business. Like People who are listening to this are already in the top 10 or 15% of people yeah. actually interested in doing something about their business. The rest are like, you know, I don't know, in La La Land at the pub, drinking, whatever. <laughs> um, you want to grow, and it's difficult to grow uh, when you're at low pricing because you have no resources you don't have the profit that you, you can actually invest back into the business. There's no money to invest in hiring new people because if your profit's low and your bank account's skint, you're like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't hire anyone. Like, I'm just going to have to do it myself. I can't buy any more equipment. Any of that stuff is, like, put on the back burner. And, and it also has the effect of obviously making you very busy because you try and save money by doing it yourself. Uh, you work the team really hard. Like, you, you, you know, there, there can be a bit of whipping going on. Uh, and that obviously... Uh, fatigues the team and they get frustrated and maybe some of them leave and uh, what also happens and I see this a lot in fact I was in a, in a, in a session yesterday I saw this very thing happen uh, client uh, had a busy good business you know doing several hundred thousand dollars a month workflow falling and they're like man I need to save costs and they got rid of a couple of management people and they had no time to actually price work and look for more work mm. and what's happened their revenue has collapsed by 100%, it's half what it was. And that's happened over six months because they tried to circle the wagons and save money and all they've done is stop their ability to actually hire, uh, to, to attract new clients because they literally haven't got the time or the headspace or the energy to actually go out and price work and build relationships and do marketing and sales to actually get work. Yeah. And we see that a lot. So it's a, almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, that's right. You set the spiral downward. Yeah, and it just gets tighter and tighter. That's right. And uh, I think one more big one, uh, that stands out to me is you get pretty busy, right? Massive. Like you just can't keep up because you're trying to do everything yourself. Uh, and that's, you know, you'll take on more work, there's more projects, all of that sort of stuff. And your headspace basically gets screwed over. So what we see is business owners who are stressed out and are, you know, overwhelmed, often they have a pricing problem. And it's a low pricing problem, which means they're not generating, generating enough profit to allow them to buy time back uh, and set up a business that works for them as well. And that's a big problem that most people actually don't see. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. On the other hand, though, if we can get a grip on the pricing, you know, and we start, you know, basically uh, standing up for ourselves and um, and starting to get what we're worth, we can have a lot of pretty big upsides. I think the first thing is you make more money. So that that's plain and simple. Uh, you make more money. And uh, the, the example we gave earlier where, you know, you're 40% GP and you're reduced by 10%, You've got to do thirty three percent more work. Well, the reverse is true. If you if you can increase your price, you have to do way less work to make the same profit. Yeah, which sounds cool because everything is easier. You need less jobs to price, less marketing, less overheads, uh, and there's more fat you know, across the system. So making money is good. That you know when you've got profitability on the jobs, that actually turns into cash flow in your bank account. Uh, that makes you feel better about life. You've got money to invest and grow your business. Both you, you feel confident to hire people. You feel confident to spend money on marketing, on buying new equipment, uh, all that sort of stuff. You're in a positive uh, mindset. And for me, what's huge is that you can buy your time back. Yeah, it's now huge. you can actually put some people in your business. Maybe it's an operations manager, an estimator. As you grow your business, it's a general manager to actually take the load off you. And then you get a business which has 
time, money, and freedom, which is the the big three. That's just what it's all about. Mm. Uh, and I've seen, I honestly, we've worked with thousands of businesses. I can't think of one that is a bargain basement pricing business that's always using low low price as the strategy. Who's actually got there? No, it's it's never once worked. I, I just don't think it's a thing. No, I I don't think it's a thing. <laughs> like I mean, I, I'm telling you, it's not a it's thing. It's not a thing. If it was a thing, we would have seen it by now. Yeah, it's not a thing. Yeah, the only people that do that, what ends up happening is that they do it for a while. Um, but it's you know, I think we were talking the other day, Tony. You're talking about a plane that's uh, yep. you know, headed on a downward trajectory. Um, look, eventually it hits the ground, right? Um, and unfortunately, that's what happens as well. Yeah, we've seen we've seen many large businesses come into our coaching programs. We're talking ten, fifteen million dollar revenue businesses who are basically stuffed. And on the outside, they've won awards. Uh, they're respected in the community. They do all the large projects, but they're not making any money because basically the strategy is big tenders, lowest price wins. Yeah, and I think look, the the message on that one is it doesn't matter where you're at. Like you know, if you're doing thirty k a month, if you're doing you know hundred k a month, or if you're doing one point five million dollars a month, uh, the point is is the best time for you to start getting this right and start looking at these upsides is today. Like don't wait because the bigger you get. Um, that same hinge is just going to swing a bigger and bigger door. So um, that downward trajectory, if you're underpricing your work, when you're doing 30K, might lose you a small amount of money. When you're doing your 1.5 mil per month, um, that same percentage loss is um, probably more than the value of most people's house. So I think uh, it's pretty important that we get this right. So let's talk about how to do it, eh? Yeah, I think the first thing is um, understanding, like we said, the the devil that discounting is and I think we've gone through that so it's really understanding that this is actually not working yeah uh, that's that's important uh, the first thing I would say is let's all commit to being part of the solution uh, let's all work together to try and increase the the margins across the industry so we can all make good money because when you're the one going at bargain basement uh, you're actually perpetuating the problem of low pricing and low margins yeah well at that point you are the problem yeah well you should go have a good look in the mirror yeah. Uh, to be honest, because you're actually creating problems. Yeah. Uh, and this is probably something we need to do better educating new guys who go out. You know, you've got your, your good tradesperson who's like, hey, man, I want to go in business and I'm 28 and I'm qualified for two or three years. Mm. They're often the ones who start the low pricing because they don't get it. So maybe we need to do a better job of educating them about how this works. But, you know, that's another whole story. But we, we whole wanna, story. you want to become part of the solution. That, that's a big part of it. So I think that's the first thing. That's big. All right. Well, for me, a big one is um, you want to be a price maker and not a price taker. And I think the hard part is that often for people when they've been a price taker or someone who's had their price dictated to them, um, it's most often a strategy problem. And I think where people are really going wrong here is, you know, having to take a price based on the type of work that they do and and basically their target market. Whereas if they were to switch their target market, you know, aim for some different work. It's like if your hands are genuinely tied on your pricing because you cannot change it for your market, that's just what it is. Well, then and you, there are situations like that. There, hundred percent are. Like you know, some people are going to be out there thinking, "I can't, I can't do this, Phil and Tony." Like my in my niche, my industry, like that price is the price. I can't do anything about yeah, it. Maybe I'm on a contract or an SLA or whatever. You've yeah. got a service agreement, and that's that's very very possible. In which case, I'm like strategically, you're in the wrong business. Uh, your business model is going to send you bankrupt. And actually, strategically, you need to make some different decisions. Yeah. Well, effectively, you're driving a ladder. That's right. Uh, business model is very important, and so a ladder is. Probably not, well, it's going to break down, right? Yeah, well, probably. Most probably. Look, in this case, I'd say you're riding a bicycle with no wheels. Okay. but uh, Maybe square wheels. 
Uh, it's not working. So you've got to actually look at your 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 yeah, as you said, your strategy, your target market. So um, you know, some markets just don't make money, or yeah. some markets are really difficult to actually create value in, uh, and that's just the, the fact of it. Uh, you know, some, for example, might be you know, high volume, low cost uh, residential homes or single family homes. Mm. Often they are pretty cookie cutter, and you've got large group housing companies doing hundreds of thousands of houses, uh, hundreds or thousands, and uh, you know you put your price in, and the lowest one tends to win. Well, you've got to decide if that's the game you want to play. Unless you can do that work way more productively than anyone else, and that's a possible area where you can get an advantage. Yeah, but it's it's can be tricky. Yeah, and and you probably aren't that person. It's a bad market for you to be in. So we've got to look at other things. Well, it uh, it brings me back to the movie Armageddon. Actually, you know, Armageddon. I always love this one saying. Um, and Steve Buscemi's character, uh, who's great in that, uh, he's sitting in the rocket and they're about to take off, and he goes, "How do you guys feel right now?" And they're like, "Yeah, pretty nervous." And he's like, "Yeah, we're sitting on tons and tons of rocket fuel built by the lowest bidder. Isn't it awesome?" <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it's kind of like, look, honestly, like if you're in that type of work, your business model is that rocket. Like you're sitting on tons of rocket fuel built by the lowest bidder. It's going to blow up, mate. Like it's a matter of time. Yeah. And uh, it's probably time to get a better yeah. rocket. So, so the key is you don't have any choice. And so you've got to create choice and you do that by marketing. Yeah. That's the key. So it's like, well, let's figure out another market we can work in. So maybe it's... Uh, you know, you transfer across to some high-end residential homes where there's more opportunity to demonstrate value. Maybe you transfer into some more uh, maintenance and service work, you know, smaller jobs, higher margin. Maybe you go into some industrial maintenance. You, you create some skills uh, that you can use where you can actually, you know, get paid uh, a better price. And so that's the key thing. And you, you figure out another market and you start marketing into that area. Mm. Uh that's that's the critical thing, and it, until you do that, you're going to have the same problem because your strategy is is not right. And just to point something out here, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, "But Tony, that sounds hard," I'm like, "Yeah, well, yeah." Well, like, is it as know, hard you, as going you, broke? That's what I'm saying. It's like you choose your hard, right? Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, there's difficulty. You're going to have to learn some new things. You're going to have to do some different stuff. You might be outside your comfort zone. But do you know what's uncomfortable? Living in a cardboard box and trying to feed your family on the scraps of the rats you found in the drain. I'm like, honestly, don't do that. Like, Because that's, that's where bad pricing is heading. It is. And there's a bunch of marketing methods that are out there. I'm probably not going to go into all those now. But, you know, if you want to target business-to-business work, you get a list of those people and you start targeting them with some direct mail and follow-up with email and phone and visits and stuff, build a relationship. Oh, that's cool. Uh, if you've got a database, you can email them. There's all sorts of things you can do. You can use Facebook, Google Ads. There's stuff out there, but you've got to get clear on the market that's different, that has an opportunity to make you more work. Or let's say you already have a couple of markets that you work on and one's really taking you down. Just do your back costing and figure out which work actually makes you profit and go and find more of that. Yeah, exactly. And stop doing the shit that doesn't make you profit. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's actually quite simple. Not not easy, but it's simple. That's right. And I think a lot of these things that are not easy. I mean, again, like so, maybe you have to get some help with that. Like maybe you you know tap into a mate that does this pretty well, or you know look at getting a mentor, or like you know do some research, listen to a podcast. Hint hint. Uh, you know, you're already here. Yeah, so like share great. and follow. Like share and follow. Um, but you know maybe maybe what you do is you jump on YouTube, or maybe you get a coach. I mean, like things like marketing and pricing. I and mean, this is stuff that we help our members with all the time because it is new. You know, it's the kind of thing that we you know can really give you a good head start with so i think again you got to choose your heart yeah, and your market right. is massive here and that's the key thing if you absolutely can't get better pricing in your market there's a lot of markets you can just by putting your price up uh, stopping discounting 
uh, is um, you got to get into the right area. You got to fish in the right pond. Yeah, that's huge. All right. Well, next one for me is probably that we compete on value. Right. I mean, this is absolutely massive because at the end of the day, people are willing to pay more if they perceive more value. And so if you feel stuck with your pricing, it could well be that you're not having much value perception by your clients. Essentially, they don't think you're worth it. So how can you help them see that? Maybe that you don't think you're worth it. Well, honestly, yeah. I mean, I'd say that's probably the first place to start is like if you look at your pricing and you go, people wouldn't pay more than what I'm pricing for this work. They just wouldn't do it. What you're actually saying is you wouldn't do it. Because you don't know what's going through other people's mind. People do crazy things, man. Like, I mean, I've used the example before with the Louis Vuitton handbags. I don't know who the hell spends that kind of money on a piece of leather. But people do it. Uh, it means a lot to them. It's worth I, it. I think you do. No, well, I, I do actually you. know exactly who does that, but uh, but not me. <laughs> you sure? I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, it's a different type of leather, Tony. But yeah, uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, uh, we're moving on. Anyway, so the point is, is like you need to be able to you know, show that value and, and firstly, you need to believe it yourself and then secondly, you need to be able to you know, show that to your market and this is, this is just absolutely critical. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is that if you're buying a car, for example, and I've probably said this before on the podcast about, I don't know, 620 times and I apologise in advance. I've got a limited number of stories. <laughs> this story's dead just now. And I tend... I intend to use all of them, uh, is um, you can buy a car and if it's a Toyota, you know it's going to work okay and stuff and it's going to get you to where you want to go and there's some good Toyotas, don't get me wrong. But if you're buying a BMW, you know it's going to cost more because it's more valuable. It's You just kind of know, right? Yeah. Or it's the same Ferrari's thing. Ferrari's more than that. Yeah, so it's about how do you, how do you create yourself as, as, a, as a BMW. And this is the important thing is that this is where a lot of people say, yeah, but like, geez, I wouldn't pay for a Ferrari, I don't think it's worth it. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. And it's the same with your work. It's like, sure, some people might not want to pay for your BMW pricing or your Ferrari pricing, but as long as enough people do, then it's worth it. And the market tells you you can sustain that business model. You know, like if we think back to those numbers earlier, you know, we talked about the, the upside or the downside and how you have to win more work or less work. Well, we didn't actually give the number example for the positive side. You know, if we work off the same starting point, that we did for the negative, where you decrease your price and have to do 33% more work, from the same starting point, if you increase your price 10%, you could lose 25% of your work before you lose $1. So considering that, it's like some people might not want your new price, but as long as enough people do, uh, you're still making more money. You just didn't have to work as hard to get it, which is a pretty huge win. Happy days. And that's the thing, Ferrari doesn't have to sell as many cars as Toyota does to make more money than Toyota does. So... It's a workable business model, yeah. and you just need to believe that value and be able to show it to your client. And we've done uh, pods on this before, uh, you know, how to get paid what you're worth, I think, um, is, is when we did early days. And there's a bunch of ways you can do, you, things you can do to demonstrate value. You know, it's people judge a book by its cover, your social media, your website, your vans, your uniforms, just how you show up, uh, your testimonials, case studies, all that sort of stuff. Having a great professional inquiry process when people ring up, like it's, it's professional, it's not like just someone standing on a ladder you know, like, hang on a minute, just just hang on, sort of thing. Or can I text you back? Mm. Uh, it's the speed of pricing, how quick you are. It's the guarantees you have. It's the relationships you build. It's the systems and processes you have. All of that stuff creates a difference in the customer's mind. It does. Yeah. Uh, and you think about your experience as a customer, you know, you know, when you're walking down the strip and looking for a restaurant uh, and there's 20 restaurants there, which restaurant do you want to go to? The one with the big line. The one with the big line. Yeah. And will you pay for it? Of course. Yeah. And again, like, 
as long as that restaurant doesn't have a sign that's falling off and you know rats running out the doorway as I try to come in and stuff like that well then hey look then this is looking good so again there's lots that you can glean about the value just from the perception that you have from its visuals from the way it smells the way it looks you know and and basically everything you can take in before you even eat the food so right. it's it's exactly it's the same, same with your, with your business. business yeah that's the right. next the next thing and this is critical is you need targets for pricing so when you're pricing work you have kind of go no go targets and so that means you have a target for your gross profit that you have to hit for that type of work and you send the quote out or the bid out at that price if you get it that's great if you don't it's like well okay but doesn't hit my target don't adjust your pricing every time you do an invoice based on what you think you can get that's the recipe for poverty that's right. Real simple. So have targets. Yeah, that's crucial. Next one is know your numbers. I mean, pretty hard to even set the targets if you don't know your numbers. But I think in this case, honestly, a lot of the time, as we mentioned earlier, people get this stuff wrong simply because honestly, they don't understand it. Um, you know, they haven't educated themselves on how to read their financial statements, you know, whether it's their income sheet, their profit and loss, whether it's their balance sheet, you know, whether they're back costing, whether they have cash flow forecasts, like all of these different reports, uh, you know, telling the story of your business and its profitability, it shows you where you're doing well, it shows you where you're not, um, and it helps you to figure out what you need to improve. Um, but if you don't know your numbers, if you don't understand how to read these documents and, you know, analyze them properly, then that's going to leave you in the dark. And it just really makes this whole thing impossible. Well, that's right. And what it does is if you don't understand this, it means you are driving for show because everyone understands that the contract you've got to do this work is 50 grand. Everyone gets that. Yeah. You, you can be pretty stupid and get that. Right? How to put it in <laughs> well, other I way. mean, it's literally written on the book. Yeah, it's like obvious, <laughs> right? <country>. <laughs> uh, and, so, and so if you don't understand this, that's the figure you look at. Well, the only way you could but not, it's not understand the that, that counts. Would, you'd have to be deaf, blind, and dumb to not understand. Yeah, I don't know how to say this in politically yeah, yeah, right, yeah. but you're a dumbass if you do that. Sorry, it's yeah, there. I mean, uh, come on. You uh, agreed to the price. Particularly Luke. if you keep doing it after this pod. So once you dig down, and this is what we find, this just blows my mind when we help people in our coaching program. As soon as they get clear on their numbers, they automatically improve their profitability because they're like, this shit doesn't work. I need to change it. Yes. They're not stupid. They get it. Yeah. And so they increase their price or they stop doing stuff that doesn't work. Well, it's funny, Tony, you say that because actually like the the sequence of how you're supposed to do this when you first enter the program is, you know, we start back costing work. We look at the trends in your profitability. We find the low-hanging fruit and we improve the pricing and the way that you actually price those jobs. And it's just funny how when we work on that, people do step one and then they skip straight to the end and have completed the entire task. You don't even have to do step two, three, four, because the minute they get it and they see it, um, we don't actually have to tell them to do the next step. They've already done it. It's almost like, imagine you'd never, ever seen your teeth, and so you'd never cleaned them, and then one day somebody showed you your dirty-ass teeth. The first thing you'd do is look for a toothbrush. I don't have to tell you to do it. You'd be horrified. You'd look for a toothbrush. And it's kind of the same thing, right? It's almost like, this is the dirty teeth you didn't know you had. We show them to you, and you're like, you beg for the toothbrush, right? And and everybody will do the same thing when they understand their numbers. They'll know exactly what they need to do and they'll proactively do it. Yeah, it's incredible. Solves the problem. Yeah. So it's massive, right? Yeah, I, I think the last one is that um, if you compete on price, if your strategy, if you like, is to try and be the lowest price, that's all the clients will ever judge you on as well mm. uh, because there's no attempt to deliver value. That's right. Uh, and it is always the price value equation. It's just that, Sometimes in some markets, it's more difficult to differentiate yourself than others. And that is true in some markets. So get away from this price focus and everyone else will get away from it as well. It's, it's, it sort of starts with us. Yeah, That's really the key message. That's massive. That's massive. So own this process. Well, let's land this plane. So discounting is from the devil. 
Uh, low pricing is a terrible idea. It will destroy your business. It'll make you poor, broke, and time poor and stressed out. Much better to redefine your strategy, uh, charge what you're worth, bank the money, and then you'll get time, money, and freedom from your business. Thanks heaps for listening. We'll catch you all again next time. See you later. Next week on the Profitable Trading Podcast. Getting paid is the number one rule in business and not getting paid is absolutely toxic for your business. But what most people don't realize is that getting paid is a mind game. Tune into next week's podcast where we go into all the ins and outs of how to get your head game in the right space for debt collection. Congratulations on being part of a select group of savvy business owners who are taking their businesses to the next level. And to help you on your journey, don't forget to check out our show notes for a copy of our free book, The Profitable Trading, and other valuable resources. Thanks for being a part of this special group and we'll see you in the next episode of the Profitable Trady Podcast.